It's not the Brent Beer, Brent Bill and Cat podcast. So it could be that. If you're interested in that, let us know. Yeah, we we will abandon this. It's 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 nice and early. <laughs> if there's any time to switch to a cat based podcast, right now is the time. <laughs> Howdy folks and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Brent, Bill, and Beer Podcast, a podcast for the folks out there who love alliterations and beer. I'm Brent. And I'm Bill. And Bill, what's the beer we're drinking this week? Today we are having Helltown Brewing's Big Bad Buffy. Helltown is a brewery from Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania, and this beer is a imperial version of their kind of flagship IPA. I definitely like it. It's a nice break from uh, doing hazies all the time. I mean, like it's still hazy, but like... It's nice. It's, it's it has different. More yeah, it's different. Yeah. It's unique. So, like we were saying, this is our first episode. Uh, so we have no idea what the hell we're doing. We just have this kind of set up in Bill's spot right now, and yeah, we're just gonna, I guess, figure it out. So I guess we should introduce ourselves, right? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. So, um, I guess my name's Brent Bishop. I am a chemical engineer by trade and a beer drinker at night. Yeah. And Bill just invited me to kind of. I don't know, try and do a podcast about beer. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time. But uh, My name's Bill Richter. I am a beer drinker by day and musician by night. So kind of just opposite schedule of Brent. Mm-hmm. But uh, I am a doctoral student in French horn performance at West Virginia University and working toward being a professor. There we go. Yeah, yeah. but I like beer a lot, so it's a nice break from everything. Yeah. We're not really sure exactly what this podcast is going to be all about, other than the fact that it's beer, so I guess we're just going to, I don't know, roll with it and see what happens. Drink beer, talk beer. There we go. So, uh, I guess what are we going to, what are we going to start off with? Uh, let's talk about our top five styles of beer, just so you guys can get to know a little bit, a little bit about us. Yeah, you can, uh, judge us, I guess. So, what would your, uh, what's your number five favorite beer style? My number five. Cool. It, it honestly, I kind of got to go a little bit traditional in some of these. I love just a good hefeweizen, a nice just wheat with kind of the banana flavor to it. It's great in the summer. It's great all year round. If a brewery makes a great hefeweizen, I'm thrilled. Yeah, I I went a similar route. I went the yeah I went the European route. So my my number five I put is uh, lambics and gouzas. I um and we'll talk about it. I think we're going to talk about breweries we've been to. So that's uh there's a reason why I like those, but. Yeah, it just, when you got a brewery that can make a sour and don't have to add fruits and whatnot, especially, uh, I'm always a big fan of that. Yeah, me too. It's just, it's fun having these traditional styles. And I mean, like, if I go with my number four, still sticking traditional. Just a good, crisp, clean Pilsner. We're, we're not terribly far off. I went and I, I picked, uh, German Hellas for number oh, four. Yeah. Yeah, so what's, the, I mean, what's the reason that you picked Pilsner there? Um, partially because, I mean, it's what Miller Lite was one of the first beers I remember having. And I mean, it's a prime example of a mass produced Pilsner. So it's, it's not only a mass produced Pilsner, it's a fine Pilsner. A very fine Pilsner. Yeah, a very fine Pilsner. <laughs> but I mean, and also, it's like if you're into craft beer, which those of you that are listening, I imagine you are, if a brewery makes a good Pilsner or lager of any sort, truly, 
you know that the brewer really knows their craft, and you can generally expect most of their beers to be fantastically brewed. It's true. You can't uh, you can't hide behind it when there's not when it's such a a light beer. For me, the German the German hell is just it's it kind of stems from uh, times going over to Germany. Yeah. And just everybody's got it, yeah. and. The best part about having a German Hellas, especially over in Germany, is not only do they all have it, so you always know what you can you can order there, but man, you can drink five liters of it and no hangover. It's just it is just a refreshing beer. My stomach turned just thinking about drinking five liters of beer. Oh, trust me, it just it goes straight through your system. It's like drinking water. It's wonderful. <laughs> Very hydrating. Yeah, I um at number three. So those ones, I'm, I'm still sticking to the um. The European styles, um, and I know, I know, technically, technically not a style. However, it's still one of my highest-rated types of beers, and that's the uh, the Trappist Belgian ale. I, um, my dad, one of the earliest times that I started drinking craft beer, my dad is a big uh, Chimay fan, and he introduced me to that, and it was just for me, it was. It was amazing, and uh, you know, even before that, like Oma Young's Three Philosophers. Yeah, that I mean, that beer just—that's what got me to like actually enjoy beer, really, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, I, I, I just love those those types of styles. So uh, Roquefort, uh, Chimay, uh, uh, Saint Sixtus Brewery, like all of those. The first time I ever had a Chimay Blue was uh, I was actually on a cruise and. I was going to, it was Bermuda, and I got to meet the, the bar manager of the entire ship. And he actually got off the ship and went to the brewery in Bermuda with me and my family. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. And he realized how much like we enjoyed beer, and he s- sent a few bottles of beer that he had in his private stock to our cabin, and Chimay Blue was one of them. Mm-hmm. And that was the very first time I ever had it. I got to take it home and have it all. But it was delicious. Yeah, I all the Chimay's I just big fan of, and yeah, I just what can I say? Catholic monks know how to brew beer. So what's your so what's that your number three? My number three, this might get me a little bit of heat given the given craze and time. Well, that's good that you put it at the same spot where I like misused beer style. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> hazy IPAs. Oh, like I I still love them, but I my second and first styles are more timeless for me, mm-hmm. but I mean, a great hazy IPA is fantastic, mm-hmm. but everyone has them now. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many everywhere, which not complaining, I really like indulging in my hazy IPAs, but sometimes it's nice to find a place that has something else. I could think of a few breweries where I've been to, and seven of their eight beers on tap are hazy IPAs, yeah. and it's just something obscene. So you're, you're describing my paradise. Oh, with having all those hazies. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, seven or eight hazies on, on tap is, yeah, that's a good I mean, good time for me. I mean, it's delicious, but, like, if you have, like, a few and you're kind of getting to a buzz where you can't even tell the difference, like, that's where my issue lies with the haze craze. However, with that being said, I still love hazy ideas. So it's, sure. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah. what's your number two, then? My number two, I cheated a little and put two styles, or two... Styles of beer that are similar, but still... You can cheat. We we make up the rules. It's our, <laughs> our podcast. I have Kettle Sour mm. and Flanders Red. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Flanders Red Sour Reels, but like it's just so tough to find them. I love your traditional sours. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I also enjoy your 
heavily fruited the pureed bombs that you're getting with some of these. For for reference out there, uh, last night Bill was out with us at uh, Apothecary, and he became a born again Flanders drinker. He forgot how much he enjoyed it, so he uh, slipped that one in. That's why he's got two styles at number two. Yeah, that's 100 percent the reason. Yeah, I it kind is. of saw this and was like, "Oh damn, we got to remember this one." Yeah. Well, for me, number two, it wasn't terribly far off. You put Hazy IPA at number three. I put Hazy IPA at number two, and that's reasonable. And it's one of those when when first I was asked the question of what are my top five beer styles, knee jerk reaction was Hazy IPA at number one mm-hmm. because. On on any given day, if I want to drink a craft beer, that's what I want to drink. If I'm at the apothecary, I'm going to go drink uh, a hazy IPA. Like if I see short stories from town, that kind of thing. But when I looked at it on Untapped, like that's you know the engineer in me took over, and I I needed a logical you know reasoning for why why I'm going to pick my styles, and it technically didn't rate as high as my number one. So that's yeah. that's why it slipped in at number two. And that's reasonable. I did not do that same thing at all. I kind of, I went to one of those like tier list makers mm-hmm. online and just wrote like a bunch of styles. Oh. And I put them in like A, B, C, D, E, yeah. mm-hmm. And just kind of took what made my top five in that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I guess we're on to our number ones yeah. then, right? Yeah, you and me. Um, I'll go. All right. I mean, I just teased that I had a number one that beat <laughs> all the, and so... I mean, if you look at it rating-wise, and it makes sense, but number one beer style for me are the Bourbon Barrel Stouts. Yeah, even even earlier today, I was drinking a couple of them, and just, it it's one of those, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of, you know, just every single one's pretty sweet, it's got coconut, blah, 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 but still, in the end, I just, I'm a whiskey drinker, um, you know, in my side job, so it's it's one of those, like, you mix that in with my other favorite thing, which is craft beer, and it's, yeah, it's a, a good recipe. Yeah, that's 100% reasonable. I mean, it goes directly into mine, but you're a little bit more specific. Mm-hmm. My favorite are stouts, just in general. In general, I yeah. Mean, like, barrel-aged stouts, amazing. Pastry stouts, great. A nice just milk stout, an oatmeal stout, a dry stout. Like, it's, I love it all. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to have to pick. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just kind of gave it an overarching choice here. And, mm-hmm. I mean, stouts are fantastic, especially, I mean, if you're thinking about it in that manner, you could find some that are 4.5%. Mm-hmm. You could find some that are 16%. There's such a gigantic variety, but they all have a similar base, but there's enough variety in the taste as well. You can drink a lot of stouts and not get burnt out on anything in particular if you're kind of going across the entire palette of stouts. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, even if nobody ends up listening to this podcast, we at least got uh, my dad is now our biggest fan because we both just said stouts, and he <laughs> loves stouts. That's fantastic. Yeah, so at least we got one person that's going to like the host of this. Well, in the opposite direction, my fiance is going to hate this. She hates stouts. <laughs> yeah, my my mom, on the other hand, uh, she raised me to like IPAs, but has since converted to, to uh, stoutism. So my dad raised me to like Miller High Life. <laughs> I no, you know what? I was I was gonna like do a supportive joke, but no, it's no. <laughs> I mean, like to be fair, I for everybody out there, just to let you know, I know we're talking about craft beer, but I will down a hams any day. That is my favorite. It's America's classic premium beer. It's probably gonna come up more times 
uh, throughout these, if you know, depending on how many episodes we end up doing. But I've got a lot of Coors Banquet in the fridge right now. Um, watching Cobra Kai on Netflix mm-hmm. got me back into Coors. Have, oh. have you seen that? Cobra? How did? Oh no, uh, I haven't. No. What's what's his name? Billy Zappa. He drinks uh-huh. Coors Banquet in there. And he has the little stubby bottles in his fridge, and. I guess, like, I was talking to some of the people in Ashbrook, they were like, yeah, once that aired, people just came in here and bought us all out of course. And I got the last 18 rack of bottles in there. It's something else when you have, like, an, an 80s movie that has kids in it. And and then in the the sequel version, when they're adults, they're drinking, like, Coors Banquet and stuff like that. But It's fantastic. Yeah. Also, the I lived in PA for two years for my master's, and I'd be remiss to say if I didn't enjoy a nice crisp rolling rock or ying. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love it all. But very cool. Yeah, we'll we'll get into some of these styles of beers another day. Yeah, today's not that day. Yeah, but well, now we're going to uh, move on to our next segment, which you know it's the first episode where so we're kind of stick into some top five lists. I think we're always going to open up maybe with a top five just just for fun. Maybe interesting topics or whatever, but I, I think the next one we got is pretty cool. But we got to switch to a new beer before yes, we move on to that. So I'm gonna the the beer we're drinking now is called Julius, which is yeah a derivative of uh, Julius from Treehouse Brewing Company. So oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's the sound. That's the sound that we like. So yeah. well, we fill that up. Um, yeah. So I think what would be fun for our next one is the top five we're gonna do. Is going to be top five breweries that we've been to. Just because it'll be, you know, naturally when you do that, it's not just about the beer. It's actually about the experience, the context, that kind of stuff. And uh, I think it'll be fun to, I guess, see what stories are affiliated with these breweries. Yeah, there's there's, there's a bunch of that kind of stuff for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I at least know that for me, the context of the story is, I guess, important to to the different breweries that I, I listed, at least. So, do you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. So, I, I'm kind of going a little bit Homer pick on this one. My number five is Missing Mountain Brewing from Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missing Mountain opened just like a month and a half before I moved from from the from Ohio going to Pennsylvania for my master's. You all can't see this right now, but there are many cats around us. So, if you hear the sound of fur. Or pause swatting microphones. Um, I can't edit it out. It's just it's it's going to be part of this show. I think she knows that we're giving her attention to the microphone. Oh, so she's like, nope, yeah. this is me. I mean, I'm I'm vibing with this cat right now. What's the name of the cat? This one is Monkey. She's special. Yeah, Monkey's a friend of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> she's a cat that has really bad anxiety, so it's kind of. Which, which is why it's funny, because Monkey is on my lap right now. Um, this is huge, folks. You're, oh, well, I was trying to get a picture of that. It was, good, it was good for like a few seconds. Sure All right, but back to the beer. Yeah, back to the beer. The whole point of the podcast. It's not the Brent Beer, Brent, Bill, and Cat podcast. So It could be, though. If it, you're interested in that, let us know. Yeah, we, we will abandon this. It's it's. It's nice and early. If there's any time to switch to a cat-based bo- podcast right now is the time. Yeah. Okay. Missing Mountain Brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this beautiful brewery in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, just along the river through the town and all that. Um, beautiful patio. The gigantic goes just all the way down to the river. Uh, they're, just, they're great people in general. They 
They do a lot of cool hazy IPAs as well. Mm-hmm. Stouts. They do fruited cream ales that are pretty cool. Mm. Uh, they have a cream ale called Orange Year Orange. That was the, the release day. I remember that. Uh, but they just have a lot of fun, fun beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, the, uh, the brewer is also Dave. He's a fan of Dancing Gnome in Pittsburgh. So I remember I would always, when I lived in PA and I would come back to Ohio, I'd bring him a few Dancing Gnome beers and he was always super excited. But I'm a big fan of Dancing Gnome. I, I enjoy them a lot too. Well, yeah. I imagine you like Dancing Gnome. Yeah, yeah, it's like going AC back to the But yeah, Missing Mountain, I mean, if you're in that area of Ohio, which is the Akron area, there's so many great breweries in there. Uh, this is the only one I have on this top five breweries that I've been to list, but it's my favorite in that area, pretty much. So Very cool. But what's your number five? Brent? Yeah, so I, I also went with a Homer pick. I just, one of my favorite things uh, in Morgantown, West Virginia, well, I guess I should really say reasonable, is uh, Short Story Brewing Company. It just, it's, it's if, if you've never been to Short Story, not only do they make Probably the best beer in the state of West Virginia. Once again, I am biased towards hazies, uh, but they also make wonderful sours and stouts and just everything they make is great beer. The location is awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, I, I tried to get people on, on weekends to, to go out there with me during the summertime. Well, even the wintertime, like they, they cover the outside, but it's, it's great to go there. But man, during the summertime, you got the sun coming down, nice, beautiful day. You just can't beat it out there. And, um, it's just, it's great beer. Uh, it's a bit of a drive, but you know, sitting outside and you you can't beat it. Yeah, definitely. Fun fact about short story. That is where my fiance and I took our engagement photos. Really? Yeah. We like, <laughs> had, like the field out back, uh, on the patio and we had like some like a, we had like there's that like kind of like like not the bar where the booze is served, but uh-huh. that little like bar seating that's just like eight feet from the bar. Huh. We sat there and like had pictures taken upstairs and when they had the couch up there by the short story mirror. Uh huh. And all that. But yeah, that's that's where we had all of our engagement photos. I mean I mean the thing is there's a bunch of people that do weddings there. Because I've, I've seen the posts on, on their Facebook page and whatnot saying, like, oh, we're closed for a private mm-hmm. event. Like, it's a... Because there was one time I, I tried to go out there to meet with some folks. And it was just like, oh, yeah, like, let's uh, let's rendezvous at Short Story. This will be great. And, you know, they beat us there. And it turned out there was a wedding going on. So... Yeah. You're not the only ones that have... Yeah. Well, like, they were super kind. Because, I mean, I know they've had weddings. But when we reached out to them, they mentioned that nobody had ever asked to take photos there before. And hmm. the girl that was bartending that morning, it was a Sunday, she came in early at 10 a.m., so an hour earlier than she would have had to be there. And we asked how much to pay for the space and everything. And they're like, nothing, just be sure to just tip the bartender. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just I gave her a good chunk of change as a thank you. And mm-hmm. it was, they were very kind. It's tough not to support them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Anytime I'm at, I'm at the apothecary, if there's a short story on there, I'm, I'm grabbing it. But specifically, if you get a chance to go to the brewery, that's, yeah. it's, it's an awesome experience. Well, I think I'll move on to my number four. Yeah. So there's a bit of context for it. So derive brewing in Columbus. What happened was I like underground metal. Uh, so <laughs> if there's any other metal heads, I'm with you. And, um, I went with my buddy. 
we were going to go see this just this band that not a lot of people know. I was I've been listening to them for a long time. I was like, man, this is my opportunity. I got to go to Columbus. So I drove out there, met up with my buddy, and you know we got breakfast, whatever. And then it turned out, you know, two blocks down, we're trying to find something to do, and there's a brewery there called Derived Brewing. Said, let's just go. You know, let's because our our Airbnb we couldn't go in until 3 p.m. So we we go down to Derive and we're just sitting there, and it's their one year anniversary party, and it's they had. I, I think like 10 double dry hopped IPAs. I was in heaven. Uh, I just, I was down in all of these IPAs. They were all phenomenal, you know, four fives, four two five, that kind of thing. We finished up. We were there for about three hours. We go, go back to our Airbnb, check in, and then we're walking because we're going to go do the concert later. And then we just went back to Derive. And, and that's 100% reasonable. Yeah, I just, you know, because it was such a good experience before. It's like, might as well keep going because the show wasn't starting for a while. And yeah, I went there and it's just the staff was wonderful. The the guy that was taking care of us, it was super cool. Like I said, one year anniversary, a bunch of dry hop IPAs. I got to see one of my favorite kind of underground bands. And yeah, always, uh, if you've never gone to Derive in Columbus, got to stop there, in my opinion. Derive is cool. Actually, like, it's what it's early mid December now, so at the end of October, my fiance and I were in Columbus, and I wanted to check out a place, so we tried to ride as well. Oh, and nice! It was fantastic. It's just it's in that little plaza, just kind of in the corner there. Yeah. But they had a pumpkin saison that I thought was delicious as well. But I think like don't like this. I don't know this for a fact, but sure. someone told me that it was originally nowhere in particular brewing. That turned into somewhere in particular brewing, and then went out went to like new ownership and became derived. Then after, we're gonna hand it off to our fact checkers. Right, we <laughs> have, <laughs> yeah, we'll just ask one of the cats. Yeah, what is it, monkey? Is that true? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's derived is fantastic. It's, I didn't realize that you went to derive. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was, like I, I wanted to buy a glass from there, but um, I get yelled at when I buy glasses from brews because I have too many. Mm-hmm. But, and it, t-shirts, and hats. Yeah. But it's all right. Uh, I guess I could move on to my number four. Sure. Uh, this one's going to take us to Kentucky. Lexington, Kentucky, Ooh. with Ethereal Brewing Company. Ooh. It's in the distillery district of Lexington. This one also has a great story behind it. Before I decided to come to WVU for my doctorate, I was heavily looking at University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. and. I had an audition the following day. I booked my Airbnb. Got, I got down there, and uh, it was really weird to check in. It was at an apartment building. I was supposed to just have an apartment. It took forever to get there. I kind of awkwardly hung out in the property manager's apartment. It was really strange. But I get into the unit, which wasn't the advertised unit number that was through Airbnb. And there was like no shower curtain, no bedding. It was disgusting, absolutely filthy. Uh, but Airbnb refunded me and paid for a hotel, which, fun fact. But, uh, so I check into the hotel, and I'm like, I need to go get a beer. Mm-hmm. So I looked for a nearby brewery and found Ethereal, which also, according to Untapped, is one of the, if not the most highly rated brewery in Lexington. Mm. But, so I drive down there, and, uh, I sit at the bar, and I suspect it was one of the owners or brewers or something. I order 
I order a flight. He just looks at me. Looks like you've had a rough afternoon. I'm like, you are 100% correct. And he's like, all right, you know what, man? Your flight's on me. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. Awesome. That's, that's super nice of you. So obviously I know that I have to get more beer after that to give them some of my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm about halfway through my beer flight there, and he just comes over and puts a pint in front of me. He's like, hey, I accidentally poured this. And still, I'm like, I need to order beer. I need to order something mm-hmm. to pay. So I ordered another beer flight after that. Because, I, I mean, if I'm there, I might as well try everything. I got to try nine beers while there. And I still decided that I was going to buy uh, a couple of their stouts. They had, it was called Priory of Shadows. It was like a 11%, 12% stout. Absolutely phenomenal. Picked up a t-shirt, tin sign, class, all that. And then, <laughs> they might not want me sharing this, but I think this is cool. Mm-hmm. They... Mentioned to me about their, their like kind of hyped up stout called Baba Yaga and how it comes out every year with a variant or two. And I was like, Oh, that, that sounds awesome. He's like, Yeah, they, people line up at like 7 a.m. for this beer when we open at noon and they just hope to get a bottle of it. Wow, that sounds incredible. I hope, I mean, if I moved here to Lexington, I would love to take part in your Baba Yaga day. Like, I think that'd be a blast. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like I would love it. And he's like, You know what? Hold on. And he leaves for about five minutes and comes back with just a brown paper bag and he puts it in front of me and he's like, here, don't mention this to anybody. And I look in and it was this salted caramel variant of the Baba Yaga that he had been speaking about mm-hmm. that was so over, well, not over, but hyped in general. And I was blown away that he just gave this to me. Uh-huh. And it was just, it was a great experience. They were super kind people. The beer was out of this world phenomenal. Really cool spot. They have a great patio as well, I guess now. Uh, it wasn't open when I was there, but I've seen pictures of it on Facebook and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my Jeez. number four. Number four? Yeah. Crap. Well, I guess we got to go through the rest of mine. <laughs> I got I to follow that up somehow. Well, Oh. Do you want me to go with three? Oh, well, I yeah. Because I mean, because you you define. No, you know what I? Oh, you know what? I'll I'll go with three. Okay, cool. Yeah. So number three, uh, I think it's timely just because of what we're drinking right now is uh, Treehouse Brewing Company. Like I said, we're drinking uh, a bit of Juliusch, but I've I've had a ton of Treehouse, and once again, if if you're somebody that likes the hazies, I mean Treehouse, that's the that's the brewery you gotta you gotta drink from, and. I've I have physically gone to Treehouse twice. The first time was on one of the most epic road trips I've ever done, where I uh, I was with my buddy Isaac Farmer and um, good friend of the pod. I'm just assuming. I know it's the first episode, but I'm just assuming he is. He's out in Madrid now, but we did this epic road trip where we <laughs> we ended up we drove from Morgantown to Rhode Island to meet up with his uh, with his cousin Brent. Okay. So, <laughs> not too many Brents out there, so I, um, hanging out with them. Uh, and it was Brent's birthday, and we rode a Gronk bus. Mm-hmm. He rented a Gronk bus for Rob oh, Gronkowski, yeah. and we just brewery hopped around in a, in a Gronk bus. And if you don't know what it looks like, just Google search it. You'll see it. I'm, I'm gonna do that right now. Yeah, you're gonna have to check that out. It's, um, there's a stripper pole in there. There's a, unfortunately the downside about the Gronk bus is that they had the score of the Patriot Seahawks game and, um, I am a Seattle Seahawks fan. So that wasn't great to see. That but, actually looks so cool. Yeah. We, we spent a whole afternoon 
in, in a Gronk bus and doing that. So we, we ended up, so that was one thing. Then we went up to Portland, Maine and went to a bunch of breweries up there, like Maine Beer Company and, um, um, did you get dinner this, while you were up there? Uh, yeah, I did. It was the first time I had dinner since, um, years prior, but so we did that. And then finally on our way back, we decided we're going to stop. We have to stop at Treehouse. It is yeah. the hazy brewery to go to. And we showed up there and the line, it was massive. I mean, it went all the way out the door, uh, tons of people. And, and when you show up there, you, you get two pours from, from the, the tap room and then you can, you know, buy cans and all that kind of stuff. So there's this line that's basically a quarter mile long is what it feels like. And I just tell Isaac like, Hey, let's go. Let's, you know, go up to the tap room. Let's get our two beers or whatever. And you go up there and the worst part, Bill, when you, when you go to the tree house is when they say like, Oh yeah, you get two pours or whatever is that, you know, for me, there were like 20 beers that they had at the tap room that were on my bucket list. Yeah. And I have to pick two, you know? So I went, I did that. And, and the whole time Isaac's panicking about <laughs> if, you know, Oh, are they going to run out of beer? Blah, 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 blah. And then we ended up, eventually we hopped in line and just got those. It's a beautiful brewery. Um, if you ever get to go there, it's just the, the current one that they got is just absolutely beautiful. Huge. There's an outdoor pavilion. Uh, I was just there recently. It was my second time going. It's even different from um, the last time I was up there for a conference. And it's just gorgeous. And I think you can probably get more than two pours. You just have to order it online. But yeah, the beer's great. It's a beautiful spot. Yeah, I, I'd recommend anybody go check out Treehouse. I've never been there. I've been lucky to get some of their stuff before. Mm-hmm. Like, well, through people. But I mean, it's honestly, like, it's one of the, my favorite places that I've had stuff from. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, as great as the IPAs are, the dark beers I've had from them are just as phenomenal. Yeah. So it's it seems like it's a really cool spot. I'd love to make my way out there at some point. Yeah, it's it's just I, I'd like to go there during the summertime and actually yeah. get to enjoy because because the first time I went up there they were just starting to build that pavilion and then recently when I was there it was finished and they had bands playing and all that. It's just it's such a good time. I'd I'd love to spend a whole afternoon there if I got the chance. Yeah. Okay. So before before Bill does his number three. Um, we're out of Julius, so we got to move on to our, our last beer of the day. I've never heard of this. It's, this is called Twitchy. It is, um, I guess since we said that we the like stouts. stouts, that we have to finish with the stout. So this is, um, I'm just reading right off the can. It is an imperial stout aged on eggnog brulee coffee beans. And our, it's from Our Shape Brewing, which is in Akron, Ohio. Hmm. Uh, it's named Arche because the brewer's name is Ron Shea. Right. Um, they do a lot of, well, they, they do have quite a few IPAs, sour IPAs, sours. They got some nice stouts as well, though. I mean, they have a pretty big selection of beer. Generally, it's like 20 plus beers on tap that they have. They like doing their coffee dark ales, though. So. Well, it's one of those, I, I base a lot on the can art. And this is, you should all look it up. It's, it's a pretty neat kind of eye, eye look to it. But we'll see. Twitchy. It's got coffee. So I'm going to crack this open. I'll let Bill pour it out. Cool. Maybe I should, I, yeah. 
Yeah, get a closer yeah, microphone. Let's let's let the microphone see uh-huh. it. It's dark. They have a bunch of like twitchy styles that are all like coffee styles, so they use like different coffee houses or styles. But interesting. Cool. All right. With oh that, my god, that smells good. Oh man, that's really good. It does not taste like it's nine point two five percent alcohol either. No. Well, that's dangerous. Okay, that's great. <laughs> so, uh, what, what were you saying? Yeah, your your uh, third, my, third my, favorite brewery? Yes. <laughs> my third favorite brewery that I've been to? Yeah. Uh, it's going with kind of a larger brewery. It's Bell's Brewing. Well, at least it wasn't Anheuser-Busch. Oh, we don't spoil this list yet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's still to come. No, isn't it? Sorry. But uh, Bell's Brewing from up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, I've been there a couple times, but it was all on the same trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, went multiple nights in a row, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, during my undergraduate degree, we had a wind ensemble tour that we did kind of through northwestern Ohio and into Michigan. Mm-hmm. And we were staying up in Kalamazoo for a festival. And uh, so logically, I'm like, oh, damn, there's there's Bell's Brewing right here. I've got mm-hmm. to check this out. And it was right when uh, Hopsland was released, so it was super fresh at the brewery. I love Hop Slants. So yeah. But uh, what was even cooler is, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Bell's had a series that they called the Planets series that was based on composer Gustav Holst's orchestral suite called the Planets. Mm-hmm. And uh, like they did it in the same order that the orchestral suite is. And each of these planets was a different style of beer. So they had Mars on tap, which is a double IPA. And I think they had Jupiter, which is an Imperial Brown. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they have like Venus, I think was a blonde. Uh, Mercury is a spiced stout with just a bunch of stuff in it. But, uh, or maybe that, that was Neptune, not Uranus. I don't remember what Uranus was. Mm-hmm. But it's a really cool series. Uh, the labels are awesome. They actually have like the planets on them. And everything, but they had Mars and Jupiter on tap when I was there as well. So got to have that, got to enjoy the eccentric cafe. But it's the Bell's just overall makes great beer. I never knew they did all that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, gonna, yeah. it's really cool. Like it's it's an amazing series. Uh, they had released this in order of the orchestral work, mm-hmm. but uh, since then I think they'd only released Mars because I think that was the highest selling one, the most popular. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's still great beer, but I really love Neptune. I, I sat on, I found a six pack of that and sat on a few bottles for a few years. And it, it aged pretty well. To be fair, I, I, like, I've just, I've been in Morgantown for, for quite a while yeah. now. So yeah, as far as I'm, you know, most of my exposure to Bells is just, you know. Like Oberon, too Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just, it, that, that's about it. So that's, that's neat. Yeah. That, that's been the hardest thing about moving to West Virginia mm-hmm. is the they not as many breweries distribute to West Virginia. Right. Like growing up in Ohio, Ohio gets everything. Really, it's pretty cool. Like you can find so much mm-hmm. stuff just in Ohio. Pennsylvania a little less than Ohio, but still more than West Virginia. Oh yeah. I mean, you're talking to. I mean, Bill. I maybe this is a conversation for another episode, but man, I I remember. You know, when I started going to the apothecary, because the apothecary, anytime a new brewery came to West Virginia, it would just, that was the spot where a brewery would 
you know, introduce itself. I mean, that was at Main Beer. Because when I yeah. first moved here, Main Beer just came to West Virginia. Oh, wow. Okay, you're really late. Yeah, yeah you're right. Man, you really are recent. I yeah. only lived here about a year and a half. So yeah. For me, for me, the really big breweries, the first two uh, big release parties I remember at the Apothecary were um, Country Boy and um, and Rogue. Oh wow! Yeah, so just just for reference of what what it was like. Quick pause on the top five here. When you mentioned Rogue, it made me think of this. Uh-huh. I used to manage a dive bar back in Youngstown, Ohio, called the Draft House, and we had a beer on tap or not on tap. We had it in bottles. It was called Beard Beer. Oh, I know. I know the beer. It that, made with the Brewmasters. So you beer you beer. messed up one of my my future segments because I, w- I want to talk about weird weird beers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> Th- that is definitely one of the weirdest beers Have you ever. Had it? No, I no, of course not. It it's was good. With, it was I, delicious. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, we sold it in bomber bottles for like six bucks. Like it was cheap, but like. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I'm a fan of beards. Big fan. But I don't, I don't think I'd, you know, I'd, I don't think I'd want anybody to drink a beer made of natural yeast from my beard. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It was good. I'll take, I'll take your word for it. I'm still not going to, I mean, like, I, I really, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you I, just, you well, can't convince lucky me. Lucky for you, I think it's discontinued, but mm. okay. Mm. But yeah, Bell's was, Good. Yeah. Uh, that, it was a really cool spot. Honestly, I don't remember if I ate there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But that tells you how much we drank. Yeah. So what? Uh, what top spells then? Ooh, okay. So I guess my number two. Yeah. We're going further out west. Ooh. Avery Brewing. Oh. Uh, Boulder, Colorado. Ryan Thompson. If he listens to this, that's that's his favorite. Avery is so good. Uh, I have a soft spot for Avery as well. They're uh, White Rascal. Is one of the first craft beers that I like, mm-hmm. so it's it was kind of a nice gateway. But also they have some beers still that, I mean, their barrel aging program is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was out in Boulder, well, Colorado in general for my friend Richie's wedding. Uh, he is since not married anymore, mm-hmm. but uh, I was there for the wedding. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> but I I went out a few days early to just kind of check out Colorado. Went to Avery, had a lot of beer. It's a really cool spot. It's this gigantic building in this kind of industrial area. Just amazing stuff. They had like what's it called Tweak, which is another coffee stout mm-hmm. on tap. Fluffernutter, a big peanut butter stout. Just a lot of great stuff. Bug Zapper, I think, was a mint sour ale. I bought a six pack when I was there as well. I'm not sure if I would like that mint sour. I, surprisingly, would. Those feel like they should conflict each other. Yeah. But it was a ten dollar six pack, so I'm not complaining much either. Sure. But when I was there, like I, I, I drank a lot and ate a lot. Like I was, I hung out there for about four or four and a half hours, mm-hmm. enjoying myself. And like some of the like you, I was doing like flight pours, but you buy and buy the pour. Yeah. So some of them were cheap, like two fifty for that Bud Zapper Mint Sour, but then some were like eight dollars for like the Tweaker Fluff and other stuff like that. So my tab should have been. Well over a hundred dollars, uh, based on some of the stuff that I had. I've been there. It's it happens. Yeah, when I got it, it was like thirty eight bucks, and I was just, like, I, I think this is incorrect. He was like, yeah, but you were you were really cool to talk to, and uh, at the time I was like, I'm, I had told them I was picking up a friend from the airport the next day. He's like, 
Yeah, just bring him here for lunch tomorrow. I need to join you at some of these places more often. You just get a bunch of just good guy discounts. Yeah, well, like a disclaimer, I okay. don't do this for the discounts, like at all. Like it just if it happens, like like <laughs> sure. I, I I happily pay for my beer. Uh huh. But like just the hospitality, I guess aspect is what I'm mm-hmm. enjoying. Yeah. But we went there the next day. Each had a few beers, lunch, and then drove down to Colorado Springs for the wedding. But Avery, it's I mean they've one of the top two largest barrel aging programs in the country right now. Mm. So if you like barrel aged stouts, barrel aged sours, things like that, it's phenomenal. And you're able also to do a self guided tour there, or at least pre COVID. That's important. That's important for one of my uh, breweries that's coming up on my oh, list. Self guided tours, yeah. Like you, like literally just walk through the store. You can take your beer with you, and it has like a catwalk over everything, and it's just it's so cool. And I mean, I, I love their beer. I mean, I think in, in the kitchen where I have all those tin signs, I have a Avery White Rascal and Avery, I'm going to mess up this pronunciation, but Lily Koi Capola, which is kind of mm-hmm. um, another Belgian style, but more on the fruity sour side. But Avery's out of this world. Nice. They're, they're so good. Very cool. What about your number two? Yeah, so I'm going the opposite direction. You headed west for your number two. I'm heading a lot further east. My number two is Augustiner Beer Hall in Munich, Munich, Germany. Um, it could be west if you keep Yeah, I guess, I, I, I suppose that's a fair point. You could just go west a lot further. But yeah, so Augustiner Beer Hall is near and dear to my heart because I was there for, I want to say I was there for my 23rd birthday. I, I wanted to go to Germany. Um, and just something I always dreamed of doing. And I was there with, uh, Isaac Farmer mm-hmm. coming up again, buddy that I went and did a road trip in New England. We also did a road trip in Germany while we were there. And then later on, we went to Munich and I'll just, I'll never forget that we're going through there. We're starving. We stopped at a Schneider Weiss was the first place that we went to. Okay. We're starving eight, uh, I think I ate schnitzel at Schneider Weiss. And then we had kind of a guy that was giving us a tour, and he took us to Augustiner Beer Hall. And what was just great about that was that, uh, don't get me wrong, I love the Munich Hofbrauhaus. House. Yeah. It is a blast. When I went there, though, just to give you an idea, if you've never gone to the Munich Hofbrauhaus, House, you know, I sat there, and there's a lot of other people who also say, I need to go to the Munich Hofbrauhaus. House. So we're sitting there for my birthday, and and the there's a couple across from us yeah. from Minneapolis, Minnesota. So it's you know it just it it just didn't have the same vibe. So it's kind of a tourist. yeah, it just everybody wants to go to to the Hofbrau House. So that's like if if you've never gone to Munich, you have to go to Augustiner because it's um, people aren't going there. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe this pop cast becomes super famous and then it just like ruined Augustine or Beer Hall and everybody goes there. But um at least for the time being, you just go there and and I feel like you're guaranteed to get the like German beer hall experience. Um the food is great. Um I've been there twice now. I went with my family. I went with uh, some friends a different time. And we just sat in the outside and like I said I was with uh I I was with Isaac and his his claim to fame that he has an Augustiner and you all can try this is what you got to do now because I've said this you have to go to the Augustiner beer hall now and 
I don't know, have you ever tried with a with a coaster to put it on the edge of a table and you use your hand and you flip it and try to catch it in the air? I have not. Yeah, so like you, you put a coaster on the nope, that is way too heavy of a coaster. Yeah, you do oh, the I nice have. yeah, the nice like lightweight ones and you put it on the side and you just like kind of flip your hand up and then you have to catch it in the air. I'd be terrible at that, especially after drinking. Yeah, well and hypothetically you get two coasters and stack them on top and then flip them both and catch them. Well, Isaac Farmer, his claim to fame is that he, uh, at Augustiner Beer Hall, and I might mess up the, the exact number, but it's, it's pretty, pretty close to this. In, in our time there, he had a stack of 18 coasters. 18 coasters on the edge of the table that he flicked with his hand and then caught in midair. And it's still, that's what, uh, for us with that game, we consider that the standard, you know, standard issue is the Augustiner Beer Hall, uh, coasters <laughs> catching 18 is the current record. So anybody here, you gotta go to Augustiner and try to flip 19 coasters now and catch them. Video proof, please. Yeah, we need video proof. And if you do, we'll send you a sticker. We don't have stickers yet. But it'll probably, we might have them by the time I that you actually do. like silhouettes. Yeah. Like, without the face of just like hair and beard and glasses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's basically, if I have to wrap it up, it's, it's one of those, if you really want to get more of the experience of just being at a German beer hall, not surrounded by as many tourists, Augustiner Beer Hall, great beer, awesome atmosphere, great food, would recommend to friends, six out of five. Six out of five. Six out of five, yeah. That's yeah. number two. That's number two, yeah. So now we're on to Bill and I's number one breweries that we have been to. So, Bill, for for folks that are listening, all six of you, what is the best brewery that you've ever been to that everybody else should also go to? Honestly, this list was hard, like, for me uh -huh. in general. Like, but for number one, I'm sticking with a substantial bear leaking program, being Jackie O's Brewing. Oh, good pick. Yeah. Uh, they, they make some of the best stuff. I mean, their Dark Apparition is still one of my favorite stouts of all time. That was my, the Bourbon Barrel was my first, uh, five yeah, on Untapped. Yeah. My first five. Yeah. My, that was my first five on Untapped was, uh, Jackie O's Bourbon Barrel Dark Apparition. Okay. They have like different, they'll do like Apple Brandy Barrel and things like that. That's but a very good one. It's, it's like between that, their Oil of Aphrodite, Champions Ground, Black Mask, uh, Black Maple. I think it's Black Maple. It is Black Maple, yeah. yeah. They're all, they also have a Blue Maple as well. But, uh, all these stouts are phenomenal. Their barrel aging program is comparable essentially to Avery. I'm not sure which mm -hmm. one is actually larger, but these are the two largest barrel aging programs in the country right now. Yeah. Which is gigantic. Um, they have some of the best sours I've had. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a cucumber ginger goza. That I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So now the thing is, like for me, Jackio's is actually one of my favorite breweries, one of my yeah. top breweries that I've I've just never been there. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, like the location. Well, they have two locations in Athens. Oh, mm -hmm. I think it's two. But I've I've been to two in Athens. They have the public house, which is downtown, which is just kind of like a. It's, they don't brew there. But it's essentially a tasty room restaurant kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing. I like this is 
strictly for the beer pick for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brewery itself is also in Athens, but it's on this farm. So it's just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool, really great stuff. Last time I'd been to a Jackio's location was they have a, they opened a location in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they weren't, I don't think they are yet, but they, well, I don't think they are, but at the time as well, they were not open for on-premises drinking. Mm-hmm. So, just sales to go. Carmen got mad at me because I think I spent $200 mm-hmm. on Jackie's beer to just take home. Carmen is uh, his fiance. Yeah, that, that's my fiance. Yeah. She's my fiance. <laughs> I don't want to put her in that. <laughs> she is my fiance. But uh, it's, it's just so good. They'll have some of their, like, even some of the light stuff, like the Chumalunga Brown Ale, the, the Ricky Golden Ale. Like, some of the low, quote-unquote lower-end stuff is all just fantastic beer. I think it was around 2017, they had an issue with cross-contamination in their barrelage where a lot of their barrelage beers became infected. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, some were bad, some were like, but no matter what, if you had a barrelage beer, you're welcome to come to the brewery and exchange it for any beer. Mm-hmm. So if you could come in with like a $12 bottle of barrel-aged uh, dark apparition and just be like, hey, this is infected, whether it was sealed or empty, whatever, they didn't care. You just brought right. the bottle in and they would exchange for anything you could. They just wanted to make right by their consumer base. Hmm. They're just good people, yeah. phenomenal beer, really cool spots. But yeah, Jackie O is, is my number one. I can't blame you. I'm. I feel like if I've, because they are one of my top rated. Just when it comes to to beer in general, so I I wouldn't be shocked. Like if I went there, then it would have made this top five list somewhere right. at least. Um, for me, I'm sticking. I'm 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 staying in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. So my my number one brewery experience that I ever had was uh, Cantillon. Okay. Yeah, Cantillon in Brussels, Belgium. I've been there twice. The first time was a funny story. I was on a work trip, the International Leadership Conference in Brussels, and you know my my roommate really wanted me to go there and buy a couple bottles and like a T-shirt that he could have and that kind of thing. So I'm I'm trying to look at my schedule. I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to go to Cantillon, and there's one time that I can go. It's in the morning and the plenary speaker at this conference, just for reference on this conference, was uh, General David Petraeus. I skipped seeing, you know, General Petraeus talk or whatever in person and I walked uh, three miles uh, to get to Cantillon. And if you ever get the opportunity to go to Cantillon, it is the weirdest thing because this is the same building they've been brewing beer in for hundreds of years now. Brewing sours. It's, you know, a lot of people like view it as one of the best sour breweries in the world. And it is just surrounded by modern buildings. And it is just this little thing right there, just like sandwiched around a bunch of buildings. And you end up, um, so I, like I said, I walk three miles. Yeah. I get into Cantillon and they're, you know, everybody asks me there. They're like, Oh, do you want to do a self guided tour? It's seven euros. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, like I just, I just want to get, you know, a beer, you know, just, I, I want to taste one beer 
and, and buy the stuff for my roommate or whatever and, and get out of there. And I ended up, I, I, I buy their, uh, their creek, their, their cherry lambic. And I mean, it's, it's one of the best sours that I ever had at that point. It's, it's incredible yeah. because they actually go, because they've been doing it for so long that they add the exact amount of fruit such that all of the sugar in the fruit is consumed and converted to alcohol. So it's really weird, you know, it's kind of like when you talk about sweet and dry wines, it's like a dry cherry sour. Yeah. It tastes like cherry, but there's no sweetness to it. Yeah, and... That so sounds I, so good. Oh my gosh, well, and it's just, you can, you don't get as much of that kind of acidic experience with it, so you can drink a lot more of it. So I went there, I drank my creek or whatever, buy the t-shirt, buy the couple bottles, and as I'm walking out, I saw the sign, and it said that it was a seven, so one pour at Cantoon is four euros, and when I, uh, as I'm walking out, I saw the self-guided tour was, it was uh, seven euros, and you got two free pours. It's a deal. So, I f***ed up. And, and, and I did Future Brent, yeah. remember to believe that. I did that because I edit this and there hasn't been an opportunity to go and censor. So I just, <laughs> I wanted to do that. So I went and I f***ed up. Um, I could have, yeah, I could have gone and just done the tour and gotten two pours anyways and gotten the euro off. Yeah. You know? So if you go to Cantoon, you need to do the tour. So naturally, the, um, the next year round, uh, I was back at Cantillon for my uh, 24th birthday and with my family and whatnot. So that time we did the self-guided tour. And it's incredible because they still use the same equipment since they started to make their beers nowadays. And they just, their sours are incredible. And like I said, it's just this, it's, it's just a gem that is sitting there in the middle of Brussels. And just the beer is incredible. It's the best sours you're ever going to have. It, and it's not just the flavor. Like I said, it's, you know, you don't, there's not as much of the acidity. Like you can sit there and drink sours for the entire day if you wanted to. Yeah. That sounds so good. Yeah. I've never had anything like that. I actually had Cantillon right before I came here. Oh. Coincidentally. Yeah. It's, oh. and it, you know, it was, well, it was great was it wasn't even one of their like, uh, fruited ones. You know, it was just like a standard sour. Oh. Yeah. And, um, you're hurting me. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was right before I came here. I had some Cantillon, so it was pretty neat. All right. So now that our top five stuff's over, I guess it's time to talk about the future. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that we're going to try to discuss, these are some ideas we're still figuring out as we go. But uh, some episodes we might specialize in talking about specific styles of readers. Like whether it's like an episode where we talk about an IPA style, like whether it's double, hazy, whatever, we could cover it all. Um, stouts, those kinds of things. We're also talking about the idea of interviewing various brewery reps or brewers mm -hmm. from all over the country. Just get their business perspective, what they like brewing, for them to talk about their product and what they just enjoy to drink. And another thing that we were thinking about talking about was just friends of the podcast coming on and just talking beer. It's just nice to get a voice that isn't ours. Yes. Because you're, you all are going to get sick of us at some point. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're over an hour at this point. If you're not sick of us already, thank you. That's a fair point, yeah. 
Well, I think that was a really good first episode. Yeah, I think it went pretty well. Yeah, for for never doing a podcast before, I thought it went pretty well. So, um, well, folks, that's our show. You can get in touch with us. We uh, we made a Facebook. We're gonna try. We do not know what we're doing, so we're gonna try our best. We'll post on on the Facebook, and I'm sure there might be other ways that you can connect and whatnot. But we'll flesh it out as we go. Reach out if you have suggestions or anything like that, or things you want to hear about. Yes, or if you want to be a part. Yes. So, anywho, signing off, I'm Brent. And I'm Bill. And uh, we'll see you at the bar if you can make it. Okay.